I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Shooters Touch podcast. We truly do appreciate you listening. We've had several of you reach out to us here in the last couple of weeks and just continue to show your support for us and uh, what we're trying to do here as we try to grow the game of basketball one story at a time in the state of Iowa. And um, you guys saying something to us really means a lot. So thank you. With that, today's episode, we have a good one for you. All right, we bring on central men's basketball coach Craig Dalma. And Craig's got some stories. Um, he's been at it a long time, grew up a family of coaches, uh, was a coach's kid, gym rat, all of the things that come with that. And so it was fun hearing his story uh, and how he got to Central and the work that he put in as a player as well. And so a lot of really good nuggets with this one. We hope you enjoy it. And as always, shooters shoot. Well, Coach Dalma, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. It's an honor. So, Yeah, we're excited to have you, Coach. Before we get too far into this, uh, how's everyone doing down your way? How, how's the family? Um, what's the family situation? Got a couple kids as well. How's, how's everyone holding up? How's everyone doing here in the heart of the season? We're doing okay. You know, uh, five kids. You know, I got I have a, a 12-year-old daughter that kind of is a tail ender, and then we got a, a 14-year-old son that's a freshman. <laughs> In high school, and I got one that's a freshman in college uh, at DMAC, and got another one that's a sophomore. And I think he's in, well, yeah, he's a sophomore at Kirkwood. And then I got one that's out of college too, as well. It's in the workforce, working for John Deere. So, um, been busy. It keeps you, you know, having the, the young ones right now too, and just uh, that 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 go around here, and and um, that really keeps you going and that kind of stuff there. But it's fun. I I, I enjoy being part of the school system it kind of keeps me connected with the community a little bit better sometimes you're when i found out from a high school to college coaches you, you know, you're in the community but you're not as much community as, as a high school coach you're, you're really dive in so having kids involved in the high school is a lot of fun and and you know you, know, you just stay connected with people in the community so that's uh it's keeping you know and my wife is busy in heck right now with her job too as well and everything so um yeah just living the lifestyle same thing you guys are going through you know kids and <laughs> families and jobs so absolutely doing what you can well in this time of year too now are you got you guys are wrapping up the wrapping up the semester right now though because you guys have a little bit of break right in your season yeah. you don't play again until the 29th is that correct yeah we're off to the 29th which i don't know i i'm not sure how good a scheduling that is but sometimes it's how we can't always pick and choose but yeah we're off our kids have finals this week which isn't all bad for them they can really 
we can kind of focus on ourselves and, and practice this week. We got a little shorter practices and all the focuses on finals for our guys and finishing up their projects and everything. And then get a couple of practices at the end of that Friday and Saturday. And then we'll send them away for a week, give them a week off. And then we come back and go right up to Florida and play two really good teams out in Florida then and stuff there. So, but I think I mean, kind of the kids will enjoy the break. And I, I think it's good for us as coaches. It lets us get out and go to some, go watch some kids, uh, some of our recruits that we can't get to normally during the year. So we're going to see a lot of kids this week and next week. Which is great. And and as you mentioned, it's it's good for everybody to kind of have have at least a couple of days off and, and hope that they come back uh, maybe fresh and refocused, uh, especially yes. with the, the, the start of the conference season. You guys had a little bit of a tough draw here with your first uh, first three teams. They didn't, they didn't take it easy on uh, whoever scheduled those yeah. for you. I know. Well, I'm control over that. But uh, yeah, we, we start out with two, with three very, very good ball teams in Dubuque and Nebraska Wesleyan and, and then called this past Saturday. So, um, and this is, you know, we're talking about shooting. Uh, that's one, that's the, that's the biggest area. It's kind of the first team I've really had in, in my 20, God, 20, almost 25 years of coaching, I think it is now that really has had a difficult time shooting the basketball. And that's been, it's a new experience for us. We're all trying to navigate through that. Uh, God, we defend really well. Overall, we defend really well. Uh, just the ball hasn't gone in the hole. And, uh, you know, that three-point line moving back has really impacted. It's impacted our conference as a whole and Division Three basketball. I think Division One is starting to turn a corner. They got that year. In the, and that first year in Division One, there were some teams that normally shoot it well that way. It was tough. And we're seeing the same thing. And it's been really tough for our kids. It's, it's over a foot back. And you're spotting up on the NBA line, stepping into the international three. That's really impacted our guys and that kind of stuff there. But we have a good inside game and uh, got some good athletes, got good size, and it, it'll come around. We'll start putting the ball in the hole. Yeah, we're we're taking a lot of shots. I know that right now. And you know, playing the moment work and that kind of stuff there. So, well, that's uh obviously you always you always want that shooting, and uh, shooting makes everything else easier. And so you guys are doing all the other <laughs> facets. You're doing all the other facets. It's gonna come. Shooting shooting's yep. gonna come eventually. Um, even if that's late in the year, maybe put on a little run. Um, as long as you're not coaching effort and not having to worry about any of that stuff, uh, uh, it, it isn't so bad. It isn't so bad being a coach, just knowing that eventually those shots will fall if we keep playing defense and uh, um, keep putting ourselves in opportunities. So, well, that's good, Coach. We're, we're excited that uh, you, you got a good uh, roster and you, you feel good about the team. We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but we do want to go way back. Adam, you got this. What uh, Shooter's touch. We always have to start back at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, we, we like to talk a little bit about, you know, as, as Brian mentioned, you know, your, um, your, your younger years. And so how did, uh, athletics in general or sports in general, uh, what role did, did athletics play in your childhood? Well, it was a very big role. Um, my dad was a college high school coach turned college. So I, I grew up with this game and loving this game. And, uh, my dad was the head coach at Sheldon High School, and I was so I went in the young years helping him out there and being a ball boy and doing all those things. Um, and then he, tra- he, he went from uh, at Sheldon, he went to Westmar for one year, which no longer is around in Lamar's, Iowa. Uh, and then he got his dream job was Northwestern. And so I was able to grow up in, a, uh, in Orange City for the most part from my fourth grade year on. I grew up around the game. I, I was very passionate. Um, as my high school and college coach would say, Todd Berry, who I think some of you might know who Todd Berry was. He's 
his last coaching stint was at Briar Cliff, but he coached me in high school and college. I, I, I played for the same guy for all eight years of my uh, high school and college career. But um, anyway, I, like I, said, I, I was very fortunate to play for him. And he, he just said I was kind of a unique player. It wasn't many guys out there that was going to put the amount of time in to the game. My dad went to a coaching clinic when Steve Alford's dad was at the clinic. And that's when we first got the Steve Alford shooting workout. And he gave it to me as a fifth grader. And I did that exact same workout till I was a senior in college. I never changed. I, and I still hand it to my players now. It's very universal. Uh, it's effort. It's, it's, it's game speed. It's, it's treating a workout like it's in a game. And, and so that's, I grew up with this thing. Growing, I, was, I grew up in a gym. I was a gym rat. And I love the game of basketball. I played all sports in high school. Uh, played four sports, football, basketball, track, baseball. Um, but my favorite, obviously, was always basketball. I devoted, I, I devoted a very, a, a lot of time to it. I was kind of unique as not many players are going to put the time into shooting as I did. And I'm not trying to brag. That's just something I take a lot of pride in. And, you know, I had a lot of success as a shooter in high school and college because of it. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, and so you mentioned, you know, you played all four, I had all, uh, all four sports in high school. Um, and it sounds like worked a lot, worked the most probably at basketball. Um, and it's interesting to hear that too, because, you know, I feel like, especially nowadays, <clears throat> a lot of these kids, a lot of these middle school or high schooler kids, they see, you know, they see the Gonzagas, they see the Dukes out there with these, these naturally born gifted basketball players. Um, and some, you know, a lot of them maybe expect that to happen. Um, what would you say, you know, what did a, a day or a week look like for you when you were in middle school or high school, you know, the, the work that you put into the game of basketball? Well, I, especially in the summertime, I always really focused hard on the summertime. Um, and, you know, and here's, you know, I'll talk about both of that. My, I did the Alfred workout. So I would, there was different ways to do it. I never believed in that you had to go shoot the basketball for hours upon hours. I was really get in and get out and, and making a 40 minute intense workout where I got 200 shots up from the field doing different, I knew 10 sets of 20 and my rest was always the follow line. So it's very game-like, you know, you're only resting. And so you always are shooting free throws tired always in the workout. That's if you went hard. Um, I've been a shooting coach for over 20 years and, and that's the hardest thing is teach kids is to work out at game speed. Kids just don't understand how to work out. So that was my deal is I knew how to work out. I got the workout. I went after it. Um, and then during the school year, um, especially in here in football season, it was a little harder to get. I get it maybe two or three times a week. But once basketball hit um, is, you know, I always got shots up outside of practice. I didn't count shooting before or after practice. That wasn't, I had to go back in and like, I was very fortunate. I had keys to a, a college gym. So I, I just go up to the college gym and, and I always had to make 10 threes in a row before I left. And that was a high school. So I, I always, I started doing that like maybe every game day. And then we're sure on the weekends um, in my younger high school years. And then once I got to a senior in high school and a, and a freshman in, in college, I had to shoot every single night outside of practice. And so I never missed a day to get my 10 in a row in. And by the time I was a senior in college, our, our college line was the high school three now. 
So it's a lot closer. So I had to make 15 in a row there because the 10 got so easy. I get done in five minutes. I do a warm up and all that kind of stuff. I get done with that. So I would I'd focus on getting 15 in a row from the high school three. And then I would back up imaginary line and shoot what I thought was the international three point line. I had to make 10 more in a row there. And that was my regimen every single night. And I thought that pressure and that consistency, um, I, I didn't like rebounders. I rebound for myself. I, I thought you had to work a little harder. Um, it, it was just more game-like to me. And uh, and it just it, it paid off. I mean, but I put a lot of time in, even though I was in other sports and that kind of stuff. And, and like you said, Adam, um, I think playing other sports helps you in basketball. You see, I think we're seeing more injuries because kids tend to be single sport athletes. So they're not working the other muscles groups as well. Playing football was great. Running track just makes you faster and stronger. Playing baseball, it's, it's just different, you know, and that hand-eye coordination, all that ties in and makes you a better basketball player. And I know I've coached some players. I know, remember Ben Jacobson, when he, he liked that about Casey Cassifower. Like, uh, he's up and he's the head assistant now at USD, but Casey had a lot of success in high school and college. But some Division One coaches like the fact he played three other sports besides basketball. Casey was a heck of an athlete. And so the same thing with, you know, as myself, I just think it, it just makes you more well-rounded. And I know how hard it is. Division, uh, you know, those foreign kids really have it hard because there's so much, when kids focus on one sport, they get really good at it too. I get that. Mm-hmm. I think overall, you can still work at the one sport and be good at other sports if you're a good athlete. You know, we would we would definitely agree with that. We talk about that actually quite a bit on the podcast about you know how multi-sport athletes—they're just something. Um, whether it's the muscles they use um, in different sports, you mentioned hand-eye coordination for baseball. You know, so much that you can that you can gain from other sports. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, your shooting workout obviously worked here, Coach. Um, you know, I'm seeing here about uh, 2,300 points in Northwestern. Uh, so you scored a few there, uh, which is <laughs> which is always good to see. We always like to talk to shooters on the podcast. Um, obviously coaching now, um, what, or excuse me, who was a coach, um, whether you had, had that coach coaching you when you were growing up or a college coach, NBA coach that, uh, you maybe appreciate a little bit more at your age now, or when you started coaching? Well, honestly, my, like I said, my dad was very influential in me and he was a college coach and he got out of college coaching year. I came in as a freshman in college. So that was, I always wanted to play for him and that was hard. And he, and um, he coached a lot different. And, and the most influential coach to me was coach Todd Barry. Um, we won two state titles and got third my senior year. Um, played for a national championship my sophomore year in college, went to the, the sweet 16, the lead eight my next two years, my junior and senior in, in college. And so he's really impacted me both on and off the floor. And he, he lived four houses down from me. And, uh, and, and, and so part of my regimen, I guess, you know, getting off is I, I get shooting workouts in, but I also jump rope a thousand jump ropes a day. I did ball handling and I'd run two miles of the basketball. I'd run two miles of hiking moves and I'd run two more miles of the basketball. And it was always by his house. A lot of times 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I was a night guy that liked to work out at night and, his wife would always say, tell Crane to go to bed. I mean, just, you know, but it was, we're in Orange City, Iowa, a small town, and you're just dribbling a ball around. They didn't care. They, 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 you know, it, the results were on the floor. But Coach Barry, those were all things that he did inspired me. And he always, he was a guy, I remember as a six, my, my dad would run these seven, 12 Northwestern college camps at that time. Now they've expanded. But 
I was a fifth grader and he, I'd always be only going to hang out with coach Perry. He was always my favorite coach at camp. And he let me do the drills as a fifth grader with these seventh grade kids and eighth grade kids. Um, and so I, I just had a connection with him. Then he ends up being my high school coach. He went, he was at Primgar at that time. And he, then he came over to Orange City and became the next MOC coach. Um, and my dad kind of was a big reason why he came over from Primgar to, to MOC. And so he's been influential. He's one of those guys. He's not a yeller. He's not a screamer, but you'd run through a brick wall for him. And you just never wanted to let him down, just kind of person he was. And he just, he had a lot of good teams at MLC. And then he got the college job, which it was a great fit for me as a freshman. I kind of had an advantage because I knew his system and I knew what he was like. And, and it, 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 you know, I, I wonder in a way, you know, I just, that helped me be successful in college. And, and then he continues to be an influence in my life. And he's worked at FCA camps here. At, at Central College. I've come and spoke a couple of times. I even demonstrated the Alfred workout. That was something I did a lot. I went around in different high schools and colleges and demonstrated the workout. And he had me do it. I was 46 years old. I was doing it down here. I still love doing it. It's a great workout. I don't do it very often, but uh, it does keep me in shape. But Coach Barry was just, you know, he's just an unbelievable Christian guy and and just a great family guy and just you know a big time influence in how i i coach like him um and and uh just you know i just think that's more respect i just think it's really respectful to players and, they, and players appreciate that uh you really he really cared about his players and i think that's been an influence in my life is like you want to impact players through caring about who they are and how they nurture how you can nurture them off the floor as well yeah, absolutely. They uh, don't care what you know until they know that you care, right? And yeah, so that exactly. uh, sounds exactly like that. But And you kind of stole my next question, Coach. My next question was, do you still lace them up? Do you still go out there and uh, let your players know that you were kind of nice back in the day and that uh, you might be able to learn a thing or two? Well, you know, I can. I, I'll play, I like playing pickup basketball. And I know I haven't played with the old guys as much. I like playing the pace that college kids play. So I look forward to basketball camp. We have like a week, but we have like a three-day camp when they play at night. At nighttime after camp's done at nine o'clock at night, the college kids play then. And I like to jump in and play there. It's getting really hard though. I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm pretty old. Defense goes first, but but we'll play horse every once in a while. So you're just gonna uh, the players like that challenge and that kind of stuff there, but um, I have noticed a difference the last couple of years. COVID kind of hit me hard. So I kind of lost, I lost a big time step and I lost a little bit of my shooting too as well, but it's fun. It's fun to shoot. And, uh, uh, one of my sons tagging is that he's at DMAC right now. I, he actually beat me the last two times and I stopped playing him. I, I wasn't very happy about that. It's not supposed to happen. So uh, I hear you at, at, at 36, Adam and I are trying to get back into playing a little bit of, some noon ball, maybe some leagues, just, you know, it's, it's fun, the competitive juices and just being able to go out and get a workout, do something you love. But yeah, it's, it's hard when it's not there, like it used to be and, and being able to adjust. But uh, so with that, I, I'm sure the, the little bit of the, the, the shooting woes maybe that your team's going through right now, probably, probably irks you maybe a little bit more than some, huh? Oh man, it's really tough to see. Like I said, <laughs> I, I, I'm not used to having a team that doesn't put the ball in the hole but we're right there and the kids are, and we're young. We got a lot of sophomores playing for us right now. And they're coming off a of COVID year when they only played three games. Some of these guys only played three games in JV basketball last year and hardly practice at all. We practiced, we didn't practice very much at central. We really think the whole first semester, we didn't practice at all. We just did two man workouts, a lot of shooting stuff there, but 
it's coming. It's a good, good young group of nucleus with some older kids around that. And so the future is going to be okay with these guys. They're just going to keep getting better. Well, and you mentioned it. That I mean, last year was such a whirlwind for everybody trying to figure out and navigate. Obviously, something we've never been in, but uh, just kind of knowing what to do. And now, okay, picking back up, and this is a lot different than last year. Um, it's still early in the year, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, getting them back a little bit of a normal schedule, a little bit of practice, normal practice, being able to kind of go out play in front of the fans again, uh, will will only benefit your guys as they continue to grow as as players. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's been nice this year. We've handled it really well. And a lot of kids are vaccinated now, so not getting tested as much and, and that kind of stuff there. So um, that part's been great. And I know the kids, like you know, like our sophomore group, they didn't really know what college was like last year. It just wasn't a, just a really new experience. It wasn't an experience that you're like, oh, my goodness, you know, what? this is what college is. So we were happy that they all came back and everything. And, that, and so now they're really enjoying what college should be like. And and uh and they're a great group of kids too as well so well good good yeah i got a it sounds like got a good nucleus there which is which is half the battle sometimes um well let's go back again here coach uh when did the coaching bug hit you when did you know you're going to be a coach gee well i thought i was going to break the family trend my dad was a coach you know he got on and went to administration he became a superintendent schools and that kind of stuff there and ahead of the aea my brother was coaching high school sports as well, and high school basketball as well. But I had it in my head all along. I, I wanted to be a banker. So I actually worked for a bank in Rock Valley, People's Banking Trust, for a year. And then about a year into it, um, it was in July. It was, it was right after our vacation. Um, I just, I, I wasn't happy. I, I was, you know, basketball was coming up. And, and just this new school year, and it's just a different world working where I was used to an educator's world where you kind of had summers off and do other things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm working all summer long here. I'm making this office and it's nice outside. And um, I, I just wasn't meant to be in an office 12 months out of a year and that kind of stuff there. So I, I like the freedom. Um, and so I, I made a decision and, and, and got it lined up and go back to Northwestern, get my teaching degree in a year and a half, I, and then Coach Barry asked me to be his assistant for that. that, that I went back in January, um, and then the following year, I was his assistant for a year, which was great. And it was a good experience for me to be just getting around the game, and I was able to get my head job, my head coaching job right on, the, uh, right on that. And then, but yeah, I was a banker for a year. I was doing real estate mortgages. Uh, I was you know doing mortgages and that kind of stuff there, and I kind of was starting that. That's back in the late 90s is kind of when all that, 30 year and 15 year that, that fixed rate stuff was really starting to blow up and everything. We sold our loans off at that time. Now most people keep their loans in-house or you got all these independent real estate agents and stuff like that, or real estate mortgage people out there and stuff like that. But there's a lot of different opportunities out there now. But um, I, I did enjoy that. It was, a, it, it actually, I became a high school business teacher and I was really able to draw off that one year of being a loan officer and, when you're doing loan collections or real estate loans and consumer loans and really tie that into the business classroom and stuff. So I really enjoyed that part of it. That really gave me a lot of uh, some real life examples and experiences that helped me in the teaching world and stuff when I taught for 15 years. So anyway, so yeah, then I, but the coaching bug came along and I just, I had to do it. And the, the, the president of the bank, I still forever in debt to, to the CEO and president of our bank at that time, because he could have I went and told him in, in like late July or August that I would 
I wasn't going to come back and I wanted to leave and that kind of stuff. And we were, we were expecting our first child and I was, I was worried about insurance and where I was going to work and, and, and that kind of stuff. He says, well, and the baby was due, you know, in November. So uh, my oldest. And so we were able, he kept me on. He said, Hey, you know what? You're going to work with, for me. You can't go to school until January. I was going to go work construction and do something like that. You know, I had it lined up, but he says, no, let me work, work for us. That way you have insurance and we'll take care of you and pay you through, through the end of December. And I, uh, um, Joe Vental was his name. I just forever in debt. How he treated me is how you should treat people. He, he could have said, nah, you know, I, I took a chance in you or train you and you late, now you're leaving us a year later, all that. You know, he took care of us. Um, and, I, and I was able to get into college after that and start in January, but that was, I still won't ever forget. And that's one of those moments that really stood out that somebody really took care of you. And uh, it was a, a great, a great experience. And like I said, it was a good experience in that banking world. But I, nice. I, I haven't regretted. He, and he told me the word of advice is never stop, never stop searching. If coaching is never stop searching for that job, it doesn't feel like work that you just love to do and you might want to work and do and all kind of stuff there. So um, advice that is, is stuck with me to this day. Well, that's great. That's a great story. And you always got to have people on your side, um, yeah, you know, sure. outside of, uh, out, out, outside of your family, obviously. So that's great. Um, and you know, it sounds like a family full of coaches, which we've had, uh, we've had a couple of, uh, those guests on the podcast too. So that's always fun to, uh, hear about and, and, you know, learn, learn about as well. Um, what about, uh, and so you said that you got your obviously obviously coaching start as, as an assistant coach um, at Northwestern. What's one or two things that you remember um, about uh, your first couple of months, maybe a year on the on on the coaching uh, or in your coaching gig that uh, you were surprised coming from a player to a coach? You couldn't go on the floor and play for him. <laughs> that you know, that was, is very that, true. That was hard because uh, you just. God, you knew how the game could be playing. Let me just show you. And as and, you know, um, and, and that's one of those things that I I heard growing up. Sometimes if, if you were really good as a player, you may not be as good as a coach. And 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 I wanted to prove that theory wrong and that kind of stuff there. And and um that you could be a great coach and grow up as a great player too, as well. And sometimes you hear that. And, and so I don't. And then the other thing too is uh, Coach Barry said something because you know he was worried about me when I took the high school job. He says, understand that you're not gonna have many players that that were like myself that were gonna put the kind of time into the game. And I think, you know, so I I think that's one of the things I learned is that okay, not to lower your expectations, but set realistic expectations for your for your players. And then every once in a while you get that one player that comes along that's really extra special, that like a Casey Castlebauer that was gonna spend a lot of time in the game. And make you look pretty good as a coach too as well while you're at it and stuff there so um so that was you know and then i always just i wanted to practice with the guys rather than coach it was hard to be in the sideline sitting there trying to coach but you just get you know, the other perspective though is all the little details and that kind of stuff how you you wonder why coach would say or make a big deal about certain things as a player and as a coach now you turn around you make a big deal about those little things that sometimes drove you crazy as a player uh, and it's, usually it's all fundamental type stuff and the fundamentals of the game is, hasn't changed and won't change and still a key to great players is they're, they're really good fundamentally. You don't start out doing step backs like Steph Curry. You have to start out with the fundamentals and get the fundamentals in your, in your base, your feet and be able to get your feet right in order to shoot the ball right and the fundamentals in the shot, obviously, and the right lift and 
all those little details in the shot. So, but that was the part I, and I had to grow up. Even that first year coach with Coach Barry, I still felt like a kid. I, I, I look back at those, I just, God, I was a terrible coach. I just, I was just too much of a kid. I wasn't mature enough. And, and but that, that one year with him, I did mature a lot more. And it allowed me to get ready for that, that, that getting a head, a head coaching gig right out of college. I was very lucky and very fortunate to get that at South O'Brien. But uh, those are, I guess, some lessons that I learned on the road. Was just, just, or that first year was just growing up and knowing that, hey, you're playing, days are done. Now you got to coach and, you gotta, and, and do the things that, that you were taught growing up. Well, and I think uh, to your point um, is exactly why all these players today should go and and coach a coach a weekend with a third grade team or a second grade like all the things that you learn from standing on the sideline and now all of a sudden hey that kind of makes sense on why coach yells at me for doing this or doing that like your perspective changes um immensely and and like you said it's so hard when you've played your whole life and now you're standing on the sideline I always said that I got way way more nervous coaching games than I ever did playing because I knew I had control over the game when I was playing, but on the sidelines, you know, I might be able to get a good timeout in or make the right play coming out of the timeout, but my control is, is not what the players have. And so you just feel like it's out of your hands a little bit. Um, but Hey, so South O'Brien, what's uh, that was your first, that was your first uh, stop, right? And, and you were the head coach there. What years were you at South O'Brien? Oh, I want to say 98 to 2006. I was there nine years. So whatever, maybe it's 97 to 2006. I was there nine years. Um, it was a great place to be at. So you would have had, you would have had James Menke then, correct? James Menke was awesome. He was one of the best years that I've coached in, in my 20 some years of coaching. And, um, we call him Butter Menke and, uh, but boy, he was like Butter, but, he had a great career at, at South O'Brien and he can really shoot the basketball well. And then he went on to play college basketball at Wartburg. Yeah. He, uh, him and I came into Wartburg at the same time. And so, uh, James is, uh, uh, a good buddy of mine, actually up in up in Polk city, up in Adams neck of the woods, still talk to him, um, quite a bit, just a good dude. Um, and yeah, like a great shooter. I mean, you're kind of talking about love of the game and how you kind of have those one players that come along, they're going to put the work in. And James was definitely one of those guys. Yeah, I remember me at South O'Brien. He was a little. He was in the middle of school at that time, and his class was very talented. They went to sub-state twice. Um, got me my Sioux Center both times, and then Sioux Center went to me at the state champ. Sioux Center was very, very talented and, and very big. We weren't as big as they were, but we had good size. But James was a heck of a basketball player, and and uh, and he worked hard. He was one of those special ones that came along that that really uh, made coaches look good because he could put the ball in the hole and. We used to have a group of kids and at South O'Brien. South O'Brien was always kind of a football school, you know, good in basketball, always good in basketball, but really more a football school. Boy, we really had a, a, just a great run there. And became, and they still are, a very talented basketball school, and they've done very well. Coach Yates has done a great job. He, he took over after I left, and he's been there a long time now. And stuff. And I'm at least 15, well, I'm probably 17, 20 years himself now, so. Yeah, no, that is, I, I agree. I mean, South O'Brien, like you said, maybe your first thoughts football, but uh, had some some really good basketball teams as well. Um, so then from South O'Brien, you made the transition uh, to Carroll. What, 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 how did that come about? And uh, what do you remember about uh, uh, heading over to Carroll? That's one of those great stories too, as well. I think both you and Adam will enjoy this. So I, 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 I was getting a little frustrated and, and some of the, you know, you just, because you, you, 
you, you expect more sometimes with kids. And, I, and, it's, and I, I was wanting something, kids that were even more just basketball hungry all the time. And so I called Coach Strive up. Winterset was open at the time. And John Winterset, so I knew Coach Strive played, and, and Coach Strive and I were friends. We served in the IBCA board together. Um, and Coach Strive was a head coach. Keith Strive was a head coach at Carroll at that time, an athletic director. And I call him up and says, Coach Strive, you know, um, what do you know about this Winterset job? And he says, oh, Cray, you know, he goes, how about, how about Carroll? And, he, and I, he had, his team was undefeated that year. Kirby Pennant was a sophomore. Um, and he had, a, he had a, a kid that went and played VV on that team and, and somebody else that ended up playing at Graham Hill on that team. I can't remember the two guys' names. Cleveland and, and uh, Schulte, I think, were the two big guys. Anyway, Kirby was the all-state sophomore guard. Um, anyway, he's undefeated. I was like, I, I kind of thought he's pulling me like, what do you mean about Carroll? He says, well, we got a high school job open. He goes, you know, I'm looking to be done here next year or two. Maybe you want to come and you can you can be my, you know, and take over the job down the road and that kind of stuff there, possibly, and or have an opportunity to do it. You know, it wasn't guaranteed. Um, I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I I said, okay, yeah. So I, that, that, on that next Monday, I got my resume in. And my uh, Thursday, I had an interview. And then by the following weekend, I had a job offer to, to be the business teacher at Carroll. And so I was originally hired at Carroll to be a business teacher and eighth grade B team coach. Because the eighth grade coach had been there a while and he wasn't getting enough of his A job. He, he didn't really like that. So I was going to come and help out and then kind of assist and volunteer and help out with the varsity knowing that coach driving a couple more years left. Um, and that was a, having that conversation with my South of Brian kids was kind of unique. And I was willing to take a step back and maybe take a step forward. And then it got to April and, and coach drive. And we, we, we went to the IBCA board meeting together actually. And it's, we were looking at houses and that kind of stuff there. And he says, Hey, you know what? I, I, I think I'm right. I, it's time, you know? And so it opened up, you know, and I had an interview for it and there was all people I wanted to, and I ended up getting the job and, and, uh, um, and then it, it was, it, it ended up working. I ended up being the head coach the next, the next year. So I was happy about that, you know, uh, um, but er, you know, it just, it just was better for my situation and that kind of stuff there. And, and we made a state that very first year, it was just a, uh, it just had a great team. Kyle Soprini was on that team too, as well. He ended up playing basketball for four years on varsity for, uh, for Briar Cliff. Um, had a, another young man that ended up being a, um, a four-year player at, at Morningside in football. And, you know, and just, so I had some good athletes along with a really good point guard, my Kirby Pettit, who also was an all playing division one golf at Carroll State and something like that. So it was a great first team. I know it's a difference the minute I, I went to a team camp that summer when I got the job and I took them to a team camp. And I just, it was just a, it's another new level of players because there were three A. It went from a one A to a three A and, or two A to a three A. I mean, it was just a big three A. Carroll was just, you know, Carol and Carol Kipper are just so much success. It's a basketball town. It's an athletic town. And uh, I just like, wow, this is to know it's like the coach kids that really devote a lot of time in the game of basketball. It was fun. It was just a, a great experience. And I was just pumped after that first team team camp weekend and so how the kind of kids I was working with. And I was missing half my squad at that time too, as well, because it was summertime. So I think it's so interesting as we continue to talk to coaches and how many of them kind of had that moment that you talked about where you, 
you take a little bit of a leap of faith and in, in hopes that like everything's going to come together and similar to your story it, it seems like the pieces fall in place a lot quicker than you could ever even imagine where like you said somebody leaves or something happens a job opens up and now all of a sudden you're standing there and so um obviously worked out really well for you um worked out really well for carol as well because uh i got i have you 123 and 32 at your time at uh um, at Carroll. So winning 77% of your games is, uh, is, is something to be proud of and something that uh, I'm sure they enjoyed. Like you said, a, a community that is definitely prideful and supportful uh, of their athletics. And so had to have been something that uh, you really enjoyed. And uh, I'm sure they did as well, getting an opportunity to win a lot of games and impact a lot of players. Um, which as I'm going through this, then it leads in easily to the next question. Why the next move? Why make the jump? Was it something, was the college uh, uh, an itch that you always wanted to scratch or what, what, what was the plan there with you then ultimately jump into the college game? Well, that's early on. I want to be a college coach right away. I got to South Bryan after two years there and we had a lot of success, right? That second year we, we went gang mushing and had a lot of success. And then I kind of, I didn't have my master's. I didn't have any of that stuff there at the time. I thought, oh, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. You know, everybody thinks they're ready. Um, and, and, and then, so I'm, I'd actually kind of started my master's program when I was uh, at South and Bryan. And then I made the transition to Carroll and life just got crazy at Carroll and kids got involved in AAU sports with all Iowa Tech. And, and you just, I had no time to, to, to take the master's out. And so I kind of given up hope. And, and, and I was good. We I loved Carol. It was a great, it was a great fit and, and loved the community Had really good friends there. Um, my assistant coach, uh, uh, Terry Kassabauer, which is Casey's dad was uh, still a really good friend of mine and just loved it there. And, and it was good. Uh, and then this job at Central opened up and I grew up in Orange City. Well, Pella's and Orange City are identical except for Pella's over twice as big as Orange City, and it's close to Des Moines. And, and there was actually another college job open in that year, and, and, and I didn't look at that one. It wouldn't have been a good fit for me. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not knocking on who they are. There's something in our conference. But I didn't want to live in that town. And the, my moral beliefs and, and my, my background growing up would not have fit well with the college that that, that that college is about, where Central, on the hand, or the, the Reformed Church, just the, the church background is what I grew up with. Um, Central College, that's familiar with it, and a lot of the same beliefs and the type of college. Them and Northwestern are very, you can almost call them sister colleges and that kind of stuff there, that they were just very much like, it was an easy fit for me um, that it, I, I can I tie into the community real quick. And I'm a, I'm 100% Dutch. So in the Dutch background too, it's like, okay, this is, you know, kids go to Pella, Pella or Pella Christian. I didn't care which one they went to. Great, two great schools, great community, great college. And it was just a great fit. And I got the call from, they opened up um, the owner of Pizza Ranch. That's kind of a good story here. And there's another story in itself. The owner of Pizza Ranch is Chad Stang. I grew up with him in Orange City. So I call up Chad. I said, Chad, Central's open. He says, huh. And he was getting ready to go on a fishing trip anyway. Or, or he was on a fishing trip. He goes, I'm back in two days. Let me go up and see what's going on. And so he goes up and talks to Eric McClay. And Eric McClay is from Northwest Iowa as well, the athletic director here at Central. He's from Rock Valley, which is in the same 
Sioux land in, in Sioux County of Iowa, that kind of thing with Orange City, you know, Boyne, or the Hall, Iowa, Sioux Center, Rock Valley. It's all, we're all together up there. Anyway, I get a phone call then later from Eric McClay saying, hey, you want your resume in and that kind of stuff. So I, I applied for it and did all that. Um, knowing that we were going on the family vacation with my parents and every kind of, and my brother and his families. And, and by Wednesday, I had a phone interview. So I got an interview while I was on vacation. I was getting ready to actually go out the boat and, and all of a sudden something came down and said, hey, great, you got, a, you got a phone call. They want to call you in a half hour or something, whatever it was. So dad and I went out and prepped for it and got you know, and I let my brother take the boat out and that kind of stuff there. And, and uh, uh, so I had a phone interview and then it followed up. He says, well, we were, leave, we were done with our vacation on that Thursday and we were leaving for a trip uh, with a couple of the couples on that Saturday. So Eric, you know, Eric and I says, well, we want to come back for an interview. I said, well, here's my, I, I'm going to be gone for two weeks here uh, to Mexico. And he says, can you come on Friday? So we ended up dropping the kids off at grandparents. We went home on that Thursday and we packed for our vacation and Friday morning, we took off early for Central, did the interview all day. Then drove back to Omaha, which is good, is where we fly out and flew out next morning at 5.30. We had to pack our bags for another trip, too, as well. And then we got back, and while we were out on the trip, I got offered the job. And, you know, I, I couldn't say yes then. My kids had no idea to interview for it. And so we got back from our trip and got back, like, 2.30 in the morning. And then next on that, on that Sunday, we drove up here and met with Eric, met with the kids. The kids were not happy about it. And they gave the, the, all the kids a tour of the community and, and the, the school. And, and I can tell my oldest son was being pretty stubborn and he, was, he wasn't very happy. And then we went to Chad Versteg's house that night. And he had, we separated the kids in one room. The adults are outside talking. And he, thanks to his kids, they, they, they won him over. And then on the way home, we did a family vote. And the family vote was four to one. And uh, the, no, I'm sorry. Well, my, my vote is, was the fourth one. Uh, the only no vote was, was, was my wife's. And uh, so they, and they came into it and, and here we are. So 10 years later and that kind of stuff. And the kids have really, the kids have enjoyed Pella. It was a great place to be for them. And now, you know, many, you know, three of them have moved on already, but the other two now, they just love being here in Pella. So that's awesome. That's great. Uh, what what was the biggest transition as a coach from high school to college? Well, I, I think this, the speed of the game and athleticism and and mm -hmm. you know and and coaching is good at all levels. But boy, you you got some really great coaches. Our conference is filled with an outstanding outstanding head coaches and assistant coaches and and how much time that they you, you start running and they just know what you're running. You know, they just, there's so much film. And, and high school kid, coaches have it more now too. They're, they have more access through huddle, um, but are, are, it just coaches that the amount of time and prep, the amount of prep time you have to do to get ready for one game. That's the biggest difference. There's just so much prep and so much doing, and the season's so much longer. Now it's you know like geez, I have a whole month of practice here before I first get in high school. You got about seven days and you're playing, you know, and stuff like that. It was, yeah. uh, it just you're you're just like. And, you know, but that's when the summers come in and, uh, but now, um, college and just, you got more prep time and that kind of stuff there. And, 
And then, you know, recruiting has changed too. I mean, it's getting harder. Right? It's getting harder for Division three coaches in the recruiting world just because there's so many more. The NAI schools are offering more scholarships and that kind of stuff there. And everybody's building up their JV teams now and that kind of stuff there. So everybody's recruiting more kids because um, small, you know, small school enrollment is really based on so much on athletics in general. And so people are demanding more of that and, and, and schools are demanding more of their coaches to get more kids to come in to keep enrollment up. So competition for recruiting is just, is continues to go in a higher level. So you have to search further and further away and expand out your roster, but the speed of the game, the prep amount, how good the coaches are and, and how much time you have to get ready for, for one, just for one game. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned it's a lot of work. And like you said, playing in a tough league is is always good. Um, it, it prepares you both physically and mentally um, and prepares your squad to be able to to put together some postseason runs and which that you have uh, your time at Central. Um, it was it two years in because you got there in 2012 and then turn around in one conference um, in 2014. Um, and then won the tournament again, right in 16 and a couple NCAA appearances. And so what, what was it that uh, gave you the opportunity to have um, so much success so early uh, once you uh, arrived there at Central? Well, really that, that first recruiting class that I was able to get in um, was a great one. Uh, coach Steinkamp joined me as an assistant coach after that first year. And, and he really helped me because he grew up and was, he was kind of groomed in the coaching world for college coaching at Central College. And he knew Central well. He knew some ins and outs that he really helped me when he is for, he was my, his first year assistant coach to me was my second year here. And I thought he really impacted uh, our program coming back. And then we just got a great, we got a great freshman class in that year. And we had some really good players already here. Uh, Matt Greenfield ended up playing professionally overseas for a year, lives in Anthony now, had a point guard that's a, he's a, he's in a, um, a division one assistant coach right now at UTEP. And Kevin Cower, he was a first-team all-conference guy, shot 46% from three. And you know, we still have what's called the Kevin Cower Challenge. We have a workout named after him because he every every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., he's in the, he was in the field house working out, Sunday morning, working out before church. Uh, that's just Kevin Kenny was. And we just had a bunch of guys committed and we combined that freshman group with them, and we had a great run there. And like I said, we, we won conference in 14, got in the second round, got beat by Stevens Point. They were ranked number one. But almost, we had our chances. We just about knocked them off at their place. Um, and then we turned around in 16 and 17 and had, you know, uh, went to the national tournament in 16. And, and then in 17, we were at, in the conference tournament finals again. So we were in the conference tournament finals four out of the last nine years. Um, we had a four out of five years there for a while and that kind of stuff. Because we went to the conference finals again the year after uh, Colby and that group, Colby Taylor and that group graduated. We had a, another group that went to the conference finals again. And Garner, we almost beat Nebraska Wesley and Wesley went on to win the national championship that year. And we have now 19 with uh, 10 minutes left in the game. And they just went to run. They had a five-point play at one point somehow and, and, and kind of hard to explain, but they had a five-point play. And just like that, we couldn't score it and they just scored it. And they were getting end ones and shooting threes and lost by four. That was a tough one. Oh, that is tough. I guess I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. So that's uh, – yeah. 
that's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, but um, still, I mean, you, you enjoyed the success. Obviously, it's something that you can continue to build on. Um, what, what's something that you like to do from, from a culture standpoint? Obviously, it's kind of a little bit of a buzzword in, in the coaching community right now, but um, building that culture around your team, around your program here as you, as you, as you start to get even more and more experience, what, what do you like to do um, from that standpoint to, to make sure that you know, not only you're getting the right kids, but once they get, get there on campus, that everyone's buying in? Yeah, you know, our players came up with what was called the WIN acronym, um, Work Ethic, Integrity, Nurture. And it's something that they developed. And we've done some stuff with leadership councils and this and that and using our upperclassmen and also using our, our freshmen and sophomore kids too to develop that leadership. And um, we just, we talk a lot, a lot about the academic side and nurturing, uh, the word nurture and showing empathy um, in college, I said, you know, I've told recruits and I tell our team, it's so e it's, it's easier to build culture in high school because you got those kids from second grade on. I always started camps down in kindergarten. So you get them with that, that, that mentality. Here's how we act. Here's what we do. You get your players involved. And so they just develop your culture kind of naturally develops. It's easier. Um, then in college, now we're getting kids from, we got you know, six different states represented our, on, our, on our, our roster. So now you got a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different coaching backgrounds, playing styles. Now you got to bring all that culture together. It's something you, you talk, you got to talk about it all the time. And, and, and work ethic is a big one. You know, the modern time, you know, we talk about work ethic in the classroom, on the playing floor, in the weight room, integrity, doing the right thing, no matter what the circumstances are. And our kids is, is, are as top notch right now. This, 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 this the, the team that we currently have is, it's top-notch, high academic type kids that you're ever going to have. And I always have the rule of thumb is if you let your, you know, if you let your, 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 your players date your daughter, that's the ultimate test. And there is, and most of these guys, I would let them date my daughter. And uh, uh, not now, but you know, right. some oh, yeah. yep. that kind of stuff. That's the kind of guys we got. They, they, they just, they do the right things off the floor. They do the right things in the classroom. Uh, our, our team GPA should be very high this year. Um, and they work their tails off in the gym and their, their effort and they're just, they're high class kids. And, they, and, and we got a, a, just a group of young men that really represent this college the right way. And that's going to turn over to wins. And just young right now, but this team next couple of years is going to be a nice team. And, and then and we add some more pieces to that group there. And it's gonna, they're going to have a heck of a squad next couple of years. Well, and that makes winning a lot more fun too. Uh, yes. That's, I mean, when you have guys that are doing things the right way off the court and you're winning the right way on the court, it, it definitely uh, makes the, makes the wins even that much more enjoyable, um, which we are all for and all about. So, well, coach, uh, we can't let you get out of here without doing a little rapid fire. So we end each of our podcasts uh, with the game we call rapid fire. And, and basically it's just asking some questions, some about basketball, some not. Um, and just want to hear the first thing, uh, the first thing that comes to mind and, and do the best you can. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. All right. Okay. First one, favorite visiting. So visiting gym or arena that you've had an opportunity to coach in. Ooh, the coaching. It was Stevens point. Okay. That, the, the, the atmosphere, our players still, even though we got beat there, the, the atmosphere that Wisconsin's point had was, was unbelievable. And what an experience that was. And that was, that was a blast. That's yeah, a good one. We haven't had that one, so I like it. Um, who was your favorite sports team growing up? 
Ooh. Uh, I was a Lakers fan. I loved the Manny Johnson, the Kareem's, the, uh, um, oh, uh, what's the other the guy from North Carolina? James Worthy. James Worthy, yeah. And there wasn't, you know, you, don't, you see those games and the, the, the Lakers Celtics games from back then, there was some, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, Jordan added another piece of that. He came along, the Detroit Pistons. That was my era. I just love it. was so much fun to sit on a Sunday afternoon and watch those teams go at it and, and play. And there were some greats back then. And the game has changed so much. So it's hard to compare the, two, the, the, the eras. But boy, it was fun basketball. Yeah, definitely, definitely the heyday then uh, while you were coming up. But uh, I mean, you mentioned hard to compare eras, but we, we have to ask it and we always do. Who, so who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Oh, I'm MJ all the way. Uh, all my players, my assistant coach, they don't agree with me, but MJ all the way. Um, and then college-wise, I was, I was a huge Hoosiers fan. Bobby Knight, Steve Alford. Yep. I, I just, I grew up loving the Indiana Hoosiers. I was, and I was not a popular guy amongst my friends, and they're all Hawkeye or Cyclone, mostly Hawkeye fans. So, um, but no, no, I'm an instinct guy. I'm not an Indiana fan anymore. So I, I cheer good. for the Iowa uh, the Hawkeyes and even the Cyclones. Well, good, good, and good. And Drake, and you and I. Don't get yep. me wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, guys. Like, Love, yeah, spread, love the coaches. Spread the love all around. Absolutely. Um, all right. So what's the best thing about tulip time? Oh, it's, it's our brats. We sell okay. brats. So if you come in tulip time, come and look us up and uh, the central men's basketball and right, we're right off kind of close to the subway downtown, right on Broadway. Okay. And we had the best brats in town. There's a lot of arguments over it, but we charcoal grill our brats and then we soak them on the stove in a special mix. And and it's they're the juiciest best brats around. So it's a big fundraiser for us. You gotta come and have our brats. We have hot dogs for little kids too if they want the brats. But you know we sell the best brats in town. That's that's the special thing about two of time. There you go. Get a brat and a Dutch letter, and you're be yeah. made for the day, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, good. Um, favorite sports movie. Favorite sports Hoosiers. Yeah. I, I, and so I I remember the sub state game. I watched it. Um, my senior year, we ended up winning. It wasn't overtime, but we won pretty much kind of at the buzzer in a way. We we kind of beat our big, big time, our big rival, Sioux Center. We beat them in the sub state final and got the state that year, and that kind of stuff. And I watched, I watched it that afternoon, but I see that I just you can't get away and not watching that movie once a year. Yep, no, I, I agree, and it comes up all the time. And actually, why we had to change that question because when we asked if it was a favorite basketball movie, everybody just says Hoosiers. When we went to the sports movie, every once in a while you'll get uh, you'll get something random in there. So that's uh, so that's been fun. But um, all right, so if Adam and I get a chance to make our way down to Pella, where do we where do we gotta stop and get something to eat before we head over to your guys's game? Oh boy, that's a loaded question because there's there's so many good places and I'm friends and some of the managers. <laughs> so I don't want to say the wrong thing, you know. Because well, we can... Chan, I'll say Pizza Ranch, but everybody has Pizza Ranch, so yep. something unique, you know. We have a great Italian restaurant, George's. Okay. Uh, ate there last night. Um, that and that's a good place to eat and that kind of stuff there. And something unique that, that if you want something unique that Northern Town has, you got George's, you got some other places too as well. And unique uh Pella's got all unique places downtown and it'll be packed on the weekends. Good. No, that's good. Good to hear. Good for the community too. Um, all right, two more coach. I'll get you out of here. Um, this is something you should definitely know about, but there's a reason, obviously, Adam and I named our our podcast the Shooters Touch. 
Um, it's a, a big part of the game, especially as a shooter. It's kind of, if you know, you know. But uh, what does it mean to you if somebody has what we call the shooter's touch? Ooh, that means, well, they can fly out shoot it. You know, obviously, I guess. But when I see a shooter's touch, I see kids that have great lift in their shot, great rotation. Um, I, I look for that. You look for a sway in the leg. It's called a little sway movement in the legs. And just a good, nice, natural flow. When you watch Steph Curry shoot, that guy has shooter's touch. They shoot with good lift, you got touching the rim, and it, it just it's floss. It's it just it's so easy for them to, to to shoot the ball from range and that kind of stuff there. So it doesn't take effort to shoot it. Yep, that's a that's a good answer too. We like that. <laughs> um, all right, last one, coach. We'll get you out of here. A little bit of a loaded question, but what is the best thing about being the head coach at Central? Oh, geez, I think it's the uh, just the the, the, the people here at the college it really is we got a, a, a central's um we got a great group of coaches here that are all supportive and they make it easy to work here and uh and the community itself uh, we just got a strong community with a lot of alumni here they care about athletics at, in, in pella and at central and, and uh, we just got a good there's just a good thing going on here at central college well, good, Coach, and we uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us. We look forward to the journey. We look forward to continuing to follow you guys here. Um, enjoy your break uh, for the time being, and best of luck here the second half of the season. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brian. Hey, we appreciate it.